Hello and welcome to United Q Barbecue Podcast, the only barbecue podcast in the UK. Brought to you by your host, Dan from United Q, and his co-host, Barbecue Forte. Hello. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our kind sponsors, ProQ Smokers. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products, with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. That's P-R-O, the letter Q, Smokers. And on today's show, we have Jackie Waite. Hello, Jackie. Hi, guys. How are you? Great, thank you. Thanks for being on the show today, Jackie. Thank you for inviting me. For our listeners that that may not know you, I don't know why they wouldn't, but could you introduce yourself a little bit? Yes, my name's Jackie Waite. Um, Got a a fairly varied history. Um, I'm used to be, um, well, I'll start with what what not many people know about me. I'm an ex-IT manager, turned farmer, turned food producer, turned caterer, formed the American Barbecue Company, um, then decided I actually preferred working with people rather than selling machines, so decided to go into restaurant consultancy. Um, and I am um, also a barbecue judge and a former barbecue world champion, but I don't talk about that one too much. <laughs> Well, you won't have a choice today, I'm afraid, because that's caught our ears already. <laughs> barbecue world champion. The queen, mm. the absolute queen of barbecue, guys. We are privileged to have the absolute queen of barbecue on the show today. So let's tell us a little bit more about that then. Um, well, I went out um, and competed in the Jack Daniels Invitational World Barbecue Championships. Um, I've competed in it probably uh, three times in the normal sense of the competition, um, on the second time I competed, I won. Um, won the international um, grouping, um, because that was back in the olden days. Oh, God, my old age is showing. When they used to have an in- a separate international competition as well as the main competition. Um, and I also won the overall competition became grand champion. So, yeah, fairly proud. Um, I don't think America thought very much of me at the time, but uh, hey... Who cares when you upset a couple of Americans? <laughs> um, so for people that aren't too up on like what happens at the Jack competition, what, what does it, what's involved in that? What do you have to cook? Is it just one thing or did you have to cook lots of different categories? Uh, the Jack, um, the, the main prize is uh, made up of cooking four categories, which is brisket, pulled pork or pulled, uh, pork shoulder, um, pork ribs and chicken. The chicken has to be white and dark meat. You have to have eight um, pieces in every box, or a minimum of eight pieces in every box, which is people who who have competed will know is is quite a squeeze. Um, but um, I managed to get calls in all of those categories, um, and I managed to to win. Great, that's so awesome. That's so you don't awesome. have to win every <laughs> single category; you just have to score good points in each, and it all adds together. Exactly. The year that I won the overall, I, I was top 10 in three of the four categories. And the following year, when I went back, I got the, the category that I missed out on the top 10 and managed to get the top 10 in that. So I'm quite pleased to say I've got top 10 in all four categories now. Yes, yeah, so you've so got the whole I, collection. <laughs> I've got the collection. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, had you done a lot of the American-style cooking, or was, were you quite new to that scene? Well, ironically... Um, I started cooking barbecue in 2003, uh, and that was my first entry in the Jack Daniels. Um, I've always grilled in the garden, always messed around hot and fast, but um, 
As a big birthday present, I was treated to a trip to Lynchburg, Tennessee, um, to a barbecue cook school run by Dr. Barbecue, Ray Lampy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and um, didn't really want to go, was a bit reluctant, to be honest, but ended up having the best birthday ever. Spent, um, didn't go to sleep on that birthday at all, in fact, um, but spent the whole night cooking and... I think even Ray will say to this day, I'm probably one of the most attentive students because I was writing things down. I was making presentation boxes. I was just doing the lot, whereas everyone else was getting drunk yeah. <laughs> and having a good time. I was still getting drunk and having a good time, but I was um, playing and I was enjoying myself, so it was good fun. Yeah. Um, so you're the best but, in the yeah. class. <laughs> <laughs> Teacher <Top> student. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my first was actually the 2003 Jack Daniels, which I hate to say is not the one that we won. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it was a great experience. Met so many people, made so many friends, cooked on this um, amazing cooker called a Jed Master, um, which was this big stick burner with a big rotary turning shelves inside. It was, it was, it was quite amazing. Um, great friend of mine was my um, ambassador, or wasn't a friend then, I didn't know him then, but uh, he's become a great friend now, Blind Dog, a uh, guy called Drew Gregor out in Alabama, um, and um, had a ball, and the following year, the Jack invited us back, obviously we'd um, made some sort of impression because they invited us back to have another go, and that was the year that we won. Awesome, so it was, yeah, you went like... Had it for years and years to try and get there, were you? You only had one go, and then the next year, that's it, smashed it. Yeah, I mean, we, we did quite a bit in between, to yeah. be fair. We did, um, you know, we, we imported a big American smoker into the UK, and I was practising most of the time and cooking, you know, all our, pretty much all of our meals on this lemon smoker. Um, it, was, it was actually a fast eddy, so it wasn't just a little smoker. Um, you have to think big on these things. Um <laughs> <laughs> Never do anything small, me. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we brought that over. We played a lot with it. We we went out to the states quite a few weeks before um, the 2004 Jack, and we cooked in other competitions. We we cooked in Wichita uh, Park City competition and uh, managed to get a few rosettes there. Um, got third place overall. Got a couple of first places as well. So it was it was pretty good and. I beat my arch nemesis Johnny Trigg, who's you know ah, I've yes. about ever since. <laughs> um, and then we went on to cook the jack, and uh, yeah, I beat Johnny Trigg again. Yeah. We <laughs> How did those guys over there feel about it having the UK coming over and stealing their titles? Not only the UK, but a a woman from the UK. Not just any old woman. I know you are the queen, but having a woman coming over from the UK and stamping her foot down on the barbecue scene. Yeah, well, they weren't impressed. No. If I'm honest with you, um, there was an awful, there was a fair bit of bickering afterwards, and you know, people saying, "Oh, do a recount. We demand this. We demand that." And um, <laughs> when. Well, I suppose when somebody comes in from abroad and takes the championship at what is an American institution, mm. um, you're never going to go down too well. Um, we, we, we sort of accepted things humbly, and um, in fact, to be <laughs> honest, we, 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 we didn't really think we had a hope in hell of, of winning the grand champion. Um, and when we did, they actually had to call our names three times 
because we were out the back drinking Jack, celebrating the fact that we'd won an international grand champion. Yeah. So we didn't hear when they called us, and in the end, they actually sent sent somebody over to get us because, you know, you know those um those horrible moments when they say and the winner is and nobody no one stands up. up. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, so a bit embarrassing really, but um but no we um I think you know we had a great time. We won it. It was the icing on the cake, really. Um, so, no, it was good. Um, as for a woman, yeah. Yep. People, I mean, I, I was I was the chief cook. Um, it was always noted that, you know, when we entered that competition, I was the chief cook. There were two of us on the team. The other guy didn't do a great deal of, of, of uh, cooking because he was out there drinking and enjoying himself. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, I did the work, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think I you earned team, you so. earned it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, it was um, it was good fun, and it, 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 to this day, I'm I'm still very honoured to have won it. So I'm 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 happy. Great. No no plans to go back and try again. Well, we were invited back in 2013 um, yeah. because it was the 25th anniversary. Uh, they had a winners' circle competition, um, so I did go back, and and I hadn't competed in eight years uh, went back and competed and I did manage to get a second in brisket beaten only by Johnny Trigg this time uh, <laughs> oh. so <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and there was only one and a half points in it I think oh really <laughs> <laughs> oh don't quote me on that but yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it, it was close yeah, it was I'd close. like to think it was close anyway <laughs> <laughs> no but um, no it was, it was good fun and uh, it was nice to see lots of old faces so so no it was it was good it was my um final foray I think into competing it's so I mean it's so awesome to, to think I mean I I think of and I know that a lot of people think of like the Jack as, as like the the I mean the, the ultimate accolade of, yeah. of barbecue and, and amazing to you think that someone from the UK has gone over there and, and won that against the odds as well which is which is awesome which is so so good to hear and uh, yeah I mean I, th- I, think, I think they call it the Super Bowl bowl of barbecue um, it, it is the one where you know, all the competitors have to be a state champion in their own right and then have to go through a draw. There are much bigger competitions out in the States, but, you know, anybody can enter. Uh, so on the invitational front, this is one of the, the few invitationals. And again, there are other invitationals out there. I sound like the BBC now. <laughs> <laughs> other invitationals are available. <laughs> mm, absolutely. <laughs> so did you win an unlimited supply of Jack Daniels afterwards? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the the official plinth for the trophy was a barrel of Jack Daniels, but unfortunately it was empty. Ah. So <laughs> the most you could do is take the bung out and sniff the fumes. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Did he use the barrel to smoke anything? <laughs> no, unfortunately I had to part with the barrel because yeah. um, didn't, didn't have any room for it at the time. So no, that's, um, it went away. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that you, you cooked on a, a fast eddy. For, for our listeners that don't know, what what is a fast eddy? Fast Eddie is a pellet smoker. Um, they're made by Cook Shack, um, and Cook Shack are based in Ponca City, Oklahoma. Um, I formed the American Barbecue Company donkeys years ago, probably around 2005, maybe late 2004, um, and we became the sole suppliers in Europe for Cook Shack products. Um, so it's, it's a fabulous smoker, runs on pellets, which is pure wood, um, and it's probably... One of my favourite types of um, cooker. Awesome, awesome. 
So you, you were saying again, if you correct me if I'm wrong, you were you were catering at first and then moved into then moved into barbecue. Um, no, I was um, barbecuing first and then moved into catering. Uh, I went from being being a farmer. I, I had about 250 cows, some pigs chickens, geese, you name it, it was a whole menagerie, um, decided once I left working in the city that I would um, start looking at end-to-end production. So I would have my animals taken off to slaughter. Uh, I would use them um, in catering, and I would also use them to produce food, sausages, bacon, um, smoked foods. I did my own line of chutneys and jams. I did the whole lot, uh, won several great taste awards on them probably one of the probably the first person to ever win a great taste award on brisket and pulled pork because nobody had heard of them in those days so you know i'm i'm probably well probably definitely one of the early takers of um low and slow barbecue in the uk so we can thank you for bringing it over here for us then (laughs) <laughs> well, it depends on whether you like standing outside in the cold weather and smoking just to, to fulfil your need for a fix. <laughs> well, I do. I do like to partake in a bit of rainy barbecue. I've, uh, yes. I think well, I've, how was your weekend, Ben? Yeah, it was awesome, thanks. <laughs> uh, probably one of the wettest and windiest barbecues I've ever done. Uh, I think I've proved a point now that I can do it in that weather and I may not partake in it next time <laughs> and you still want to thank me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah, some good ribs though and we finished them off today for barbecue monday i can vouch that they were awesome <laughs> <laughs> he opened up his tin for and i had half a rack of ribs as well as my so that was that was my barbecue uh, barbecue monday was a half rack of ribs as as an extra add-on to what i already had so uh was, today was a great day Oh, I'm glad to hear it. I hope they bought, he warmed them up for you. I hope you didn't eat them cold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I'll say no more. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so I think you've, you've mentioned it there, I think. But what, what really got you hooked on barbecue initially then? You had the farm. It was just like what you wanted to cook the food that you had there? Or was there someone who inspired you to get into barbecue? Um, to be honest, I've always cooked. I, at the farm, I had an arga. And if you know argus, argus are all about low and slow. Yeah. You throw something in the bottom of the oven, at the bottom oven of the arga, and you leave it all day and you come back in and it's done when you get in. So I guess that was my first introduction really to low and slow. Um, and then someone, well, Ray Lampy in particular, taught me all about adding wood to things and creating smoke, but creating subtle smoke. Because I'm not a real lover of, of heavy smoke, um, as Dan will know. And... Um, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I'm saying no more, Dan. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was. It was really just um, a discovery of adding another flavour to something. Yeah. Uh, How it, did you get introduced to Ray then? We found him online. Yeah. You just yeah. you seeking out good barbecue, and that's how you do it. Well, we were we were looking for a barbecue cook school, yeah. um, because uh, and and Ray's was the one that turned up, and we quite liked the idea of um, Lynchburg, Tennessee, because it was home to Jack Daniels, and we were quite partial to Jack Daniels. So, <laughs> thought two birds, one stone, yeah, let's kill it. Match made in heaven. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, so off we went. All good fun, and uh, and yes. Uh, Ray taught me quite a bit, and, and the rest I've uh, picked up as I've gone along. Mm. So, 
Like you say about Argus, like most uh, most farms I know that I've been on have all got Argus still in their kitchens now. Yeah, I'd love I'd I'd love another one, but my kitchen doesn't really um, it's not really the right sort of kitchen. No. You need a country kitchen for an Argus. So. Mega money as well, aren't they? Where I went out the other day, so like one was yeah, like ten or fifteen cheap. grand. Yeah, you you could normally find little piglets warming up in my bottom bottom of an bottom oven as well. Yeah. Um. So a bunch of um literally piglets had been born and. A couple of them were a bit too cold, needed to be sort of warmed up really quickly, so you'd stick them in a box in the bottom of them and leave the door open, I hate yeah. that, <laughs> <laughs> just to warm them up and then take them out. So it, it's amazing what you can do with an argo, to be honest. Yeah. So what cues do you have in your like, collection that you use now? Yeah, you mentioned pellet smokers. What what else do you use along alongside the, uh, the fast editing? Well, I've got, uh, I haven't got Fast Eddie anymore, but I've got some GMGs, which are Green Mountain Grills. I've got two two of those. Um, I've got uh, three Webbers and two Pro Qs. Cool. So you've got quite a collection. I've got a generator. Yeah, I've got a bit of an eclectic um, selection. Uh, it's all, my, my other half is in the midst of um, building me a barbecue shelter at the side of the house as well, um, just to add on to my outside log cabin which is my outside kitchen so um yeah i kind of revolve around food in this family and it's uh, it's awful because i love cooking it but i really don't want to eat it, eat it all because otherwise i'll think i'll be like the side of a house and uh, <laughs> or the size of, of me <laughs> <laughs> i don't have the willpower you do i just eat it all so <laughs> yeah that's trouble I, I i like food too much <laughs> yeah. i'm a definite um Live to eat, not an eat to live. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dan today, I, I'm being healthy. Um, I've got half a rack of ribs. Give them here. <laughs> if I have to. Yeah, if you were being greedy, it'd be a full rack, kind yeah. of. <laughs> That's my half. <laughs> you mentioned that you, you, were, you were one of the sort of, uh, I'd say, instigators of, of low, and stow, low and slow coming over to the UK. Uh, what sort could you explain, like, yeah, the sort of style of low and slow cooking to our to our listeners, and and sort of what sort of temperatures you're aiming for 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 what sort of meats and stuff like that? Oh, well, the um, the style of low and slow I go for, um, I think, simply put, are big cuts of meat, low temperatures, long period of time. Um, big cut of meat can be anything. I mean, it can be a leg of lamb. It can be a brisket. You know, we don't always have to just cook competition barbecue meats. There are so many other meat um, muscles that you can get um, and you can cook slowly. And just what you kind of got to remember is the front of, if we talk cows here, because I tend to have a love for cows being a mad one myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if the front of the animal ha- has the most work to the muscles um, because most of the weight on a cow is on the front. Uh, those worked muscles are the tough meats, but they have amazing flavours. So if you get any any you know any muscle from the front of the cow and cook it slowly, it helps to break down the collagen. It renders down any fat that's in there, and it gives you this really beautiful, tender, tasty um, meal. So you can throw rubs and spices and add it, or you can just put salt and pepper on it. It doesn't matter. It's all about giving it that low and slow cook um, and adding some wood in for extra flavour. So when you say a nice low temperature, what 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 do you, what sort of temperature do you aim for then? Now I've got this t- 
terrible habit. I always cook in Fahrenheit. I cook, I barbecue in Fahrenheit. Everything else I do in Celsius, but I barbecue in Fahrenheit. So I apologise in advance. But I normally, if I'm if I want to get a good smoke flavour in, I will start at 180 Fahrenheit for the first probably about four or five hours, um, and then I'll crank the heat up to 225 Fahrenheit. Now, in real terms, 180 is probably around 95 Celsius. Um, and 225 is probably around the 115-ish. Um, so that's really interesting. So that's, you start really low then. You start 180 Fahrenheit, and that, that sort of gets you, that, uh, sorry, that in, you keeps your, your meat in the temperature range, I guess, longer, so it takes on more smoke. Is that is that is that the theory behind absolutely. that? Yeah, because I, I'm not, especially cooking the pellet cooker, You, you the, the pellet cooker tends to release smoke all through cook, but the key time to get the smoke into the product is in those first few hours. Uh, once the meat's formed its, its real seal, you're not going to really take much more smoke um, unless you literally throw bucket loads of um, tarry stuff at it, in which case it'd be revolting anyway, so <laughs> you don't want to do that. Um, so, um, so you really want to get as much smoke flavour in as possible in the first few hours. Um, that does. What people don't understand is smoke needs to be fairly subtle um if you put loads and loads of wood in yes you're going to get a smoky flavor but it's going to be fairly bitter um what you want to do is is put small amounts of wood in and then if you want some more just put another piece of wood in don't throw it all in at once because it will overpower the meat that's my opinion anyway cool awesome that's that's awesome i've i've just learned something i've never i never actually started off so low and it makes sense actually because yeah uh, like I said before about there's certain temperatures that that meat sort of takes on smoke better so uh, so yeah you could actually cook between those temperatures for longer if you start off a little bit lower so yeah that's that's absolutely awesome that's cool to you're, you're also above the danger zone temperature as well which is quite important so you need to make sure your your heat is enough that you're not going to encourage bacteria plus bacteria really don't like smoke anyway so you're going to be fairly safe at those temperatures too that's that's really cool. You you touched on a little bit about sort of rubs and stuff, or just leaving it salt and pepper. And I'm a real sort of stickler for for beef. I, I tend to to leave beef salt and pepper personally. That's just my personal taste. If I'm feeling really jazzy, I, I might just add a bit of uh, add a bit of garlic powder or onion powder in there. But I tend to just stick to to salt and pepper. Uh, what what do you do along sort of uh, the rubs? Let's, let's talk about your rubs and and what you sort of use for different meats and and stuff like that. I make my own rubs. Um, in fact, as, as part of the group I work with, which is Blue Smokehouse, um, I'm about to start um, releasing some of our rubs onto the marketplace. Um, I've been threatening to do it for years, and I'm finally getting around to do it now. Awesome. Where, um, where will they be available from? They'll be available from the restaurant and online uh, to begin with, and then hopefully, eventually, we'll, we'll try getting into a supermarket somewhere. Cool. Um, so we could uh, order them off of Blue Smokehouse website. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We'll be doing our own sources as well, but I'll touch on that a bit more. Later. You hear that, guys? The Queen of Barbecue World Champion rubs are coming to market soon. <laughs> so if you want some World Champion tasting meats, this is where you're going to get them from. So that's Blue's Smokehouse. That's uh, what are they got? Have you got names for those rubs, or are they just? Um, come up with the total names I mean, I'm thinking about just being basic and saying a rub for beef yeah. because we can all create these fancy names but uh, at the end of the day I like 
I like to say what's in the can. Beef rub. Um, yeah, <laughs> beef rub, a pork rub, something yeah. for steak, you know, yeah. all those sort of things. Um, I guess um, we're touching on rubs at the moment, and I will, we'll, we'll talk about sauces a bit more later on, but um, I have to say I'm extremely proud of the sauces that um, are coming out. They've taken me quite a long time to develop, um, but talk about sauces in a minute. You asked me about rubs, so we'll talk about rubs. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the Queen's um, rubs, yeah. Tell us more. <laughs> Back, back to your comment about you love salt and pepper. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with salt and pepper. Um, I prefer, personally, a bit more depth in flavour. Um, I I like to include things like paprika. I like a little bit of cumin. Um, I love cinnamon in small quantities. Um, one of the rubs I've um, created has got cinnamon. It's got orange, orange powder, which is an orange zest powder. Um, it's got a bit of everything in there but it, it gives you nothing is overpowering everything is very subtle and what it does it's designed to complement the meat um, so everybody's different everyone has their own taste and and I'm kind of I suppose quite selfish really I've done these to my tastes um, that's what you've got to do isn't it you've got to be proud of what you're serving yeah and um, people seem to love the food we produce because they are the rubs we use at Blues um, and um yeah, I'm quite pleased with them, but I'm always pottering around. I mean, I'll I'll look at recipes on online and in one of the numerous stupid number of books I've got on barbecue, and I think, mm, quite like that that idea. I'm going to tweak it, so I'll tweak them, and if it works out nicely, I'll add that to my little repertoire. Yeah, you've got but, to experiment. You, you never get anywhere just just reading reading from the book and going as what people say. You've got to always try and put your own spin on things, and because like. Yeah, I always go back to the same thing. Everyone likes their steak cooked differently. Everyone likes things cooked differently. There's, there's not the perfect rubber. There's not the perfect this. So you've got to experiment and try new things and, and try and try and find what your taste buds really want, which is really important. Exactly. exactly. And, and there are, don't get me wrong, there's some really good rubs out there. I've been out and I've bought quite a few of the um, rubs on the barbecue circuit and there are some really nice products out there. Um, but I kind of... I'm I'm one of those folk that is very anti any form of fake smoke or chemical smoke. Um, so when I find that things have liquid smoke or smoke powder in them, I tend to shy away from them. The um, devil, the devil. It, to me, it is the devil. I, yeah, we I don't we don't talk about liquid smoke on this show. It is well, the I, devil. I actually found a bottle of liquid smoke in the restaurant. My took it outside and threw it at the bin. Oh, <laughs> big mistake, big mistake. That is not going in my food. No. I don't care what you think. I'll, I'll have I'll a pet hater. It, it did actually turn out that I think they wanted to play with it in, in a cocktail, but I've told them I've got this lovely little smoke gun you can use on cocktails. And I, can, I can show you how to smoke ice if you want. But don't use liquid smoke. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have a pet hater, I guess, with rubs is that we always find there's too much sugar in them and we're, we obviously it's can be a nice flavour but quite often we just find that there's so much more sugar in a rub than we would ever put in one if we were making yeah. it ourselves don't get me wrong I've, I've bought some commercial rubs which have been fantastic and, and there are some great ones out there but sometimes I've bought I've bought a fair few and sort of when you buy it you get it you, you open the tin you have a sniff you dip your finger in and, and uh, put it on the tongue and sometimes it just tastes of sugar and I'm a bit mm. sort of disappointed really whereas it sounds like from from what you've said already that there's so much depth in yours so many different ingredients that, that already that's got me excited definitely hello I lost, sorry I lost you there for a minute 
Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> I thought he's passed out from drooling or something. Yeah. <laughs> that has he happened. Has. Don't worry, I've resuscitated him. He's back. <laughs> he just wanted to kiss me. Uh, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> to me, it is all about depth of flavour. Having yeah. said that, I mean, when I'm in the States, I do have a look around and see what is out there. And, and, and there is one barbecue rub that I do buy because I love it. Mm-hmm. And, and I've tried to recreate it, and I can't. And it really bugs me because I keep trying to recreate this rub, but I still can't. You can't leave us hanging. Come on. What is it? Come on. (laughs) It's actually OBQ Sweet and Heat. Sweet and Heat. And and I have to say, it's one of those rubs. It's quite sweet, but it's not sweet. And it's got a really lovely bit of heat there. Um, And there's cinnamon in it. And it's just one of those unusual rubs, but it works. Cool. Right, I'll be on the so, internet later looking yeah. to order some of that. Yeah, well, if you find some, get me some. Okay. <laughs> Damn, we were going to come back to you. <laughs> what, what about like injecting and brining? Are you a fan of these methods? If, when I was competing, yes, I would do it all the time. The one thing I learned very quickly in catering is you just don't have the time to do that sort of thing. Um, I will always brine chicken, and the restaurant, we brine chicken religiously. Um but as for brisket and pulled pork, we don't inject. Um, if I'm competing, as I say, yes, I would inject um, pork. Um, I would even inject brisket to a certain extent, but I would do it very carefully because there is nothing worse than seeing all the injection marks left in a brisket. Mm. Um, and it really does make it look quite awful where people over-inject. Um, and it, it spoils the appearance, in my personal opinion. So just for everyone to know, it's like a, a, a brine... Uh, what what would like your your basic brine for chicken involve? Um, off the top of my head, it would be obviously water. There'd be sugar, salt, cider vinegar, soy sauce, black pepper, garlic, um, uh, honey, um, and quite a few other things. That I really can't remember. For yeah, no, that, that's cool. That's just just a just a sort of basic sort of brine. And how long would people leave leave their chicken in that for? Um, overnight, normally twenty four hours maximum. And what does that um, give the I, chicken? What what sort of uh, what what's, what does that give the chicken it, from putting in the brine? Okay, well, what what uh, what brining does basically is it draws out the nasty moisture like the lymph, um, and it replaces it with good moisture. So what what that does is putting that flavour of the brine into the chicken. Um, it gives you a much better product. It gives you a much more juicy product. Um, there was a big thing on the. Um, on Facebook groups at, at um, Christmas when everyone was saying, should I brine my turkey? Should I not brine my turkey? Um, and I put my recipe out there um, for, for turkey brine and how to brine the turkey and how to cook the turkey. Um, I think one lady described, took a photograph when she made the brine of her turkey in it and said, it looks like swamp water. I hope this is going to work. Otherwise, you've just killed my Christmas dinner. Yeah, I remember <laughs> seeing that photo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Luckily enough, she came back and said it was fabulous. So. <laughs> <laughs> I could vouch for that as well. I actually, I used your, your brine for, for my Christmas turkey and it was absolutely insane. I, I loved it. Uh, oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I oh, I, 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 to do that as well, but. <laughs> where I was I one of those guys who credit. didn't brine. <laughs> Flavour, um, and I, I just think it makes a heck of a difference. Mm. 
Awesome. You, you slightly touched on a point there b- between the sort of differences between uh, the sort of competition barbecue and, and what and what you uh, aim to serve with with catering. What what are the main differences, and what why is it why is it different? With competition barbecue, you are basically cooking for somebody to take a bite. That bite has to be packed with flavour. It has to be perfection. It, and you know, normally, when you're catering, people are going to have a meal of barbecue. They don't want an overpowering flavour of rubs and spices and everything else. Um, they want a nice meal, which is balanced. With competition, yours needs to stand out from the rest. Um, so I tend to try and find a way of making my brisket taste really nice and beefy, but give it a really complex flavour uh, as well. And I'm trying to put everything into that one slice of brisket and that one cube of burnt end, which the judge is probably just going to take one bite of and form an opinion. Um, and it, it's such a difference. Um I would spend hours preparing a competition brisket and and I wouldn't for a restaurant, for, for catering. Um, I'd obviously take my time and I'd still do it well, but it wouldn't be to the extent of in a competition. Yeah, no, if, you, if you're going to eat a, a whole brisket plate, a whole brisket meal with every bite being absolute jam-packed with everything, it would be too much. It would be too much. So I, I completely understand that. I just... I just wanted you to touch on the sort of differences there and, and why there are the differences there. Because some people go yeah. to these sort of re- go to restaurants and, and and expect competition style barbecue, and and mm. it's it's not not going to happen. It's not not realistic. Exactly, and um, you know, you, you just, I I'd like to think that the flavour of our brisket. I mean, I don't cook the food at Blues. I've trained the people how to cook the food. So I can't be there seven days a week cooking food. Um, I kind of sometimes think I would love to, but uh, it's just not practical. Um, and and sometimes if I if I get a bit of bad feedback, I get really annoyed, and that means I'm not annoyed at the feedback, but I'm annoyed that somebody has gone in and not had a great experience. Um, so I want everything that we serve to be fabulous, uh, and I want people to love it. But equally, I will take criticism quite, and I'll and I'll take it quite seriously in that. In fact, there was something on Facebook last week where somebody said they went into blues and they didn't really enjoy it, but they'd only ever compared it against competition barbecue and what they produce at home. And there is such a huge difference. But I will still go into work tomorrow and I'll see what they're doing and I'll see if we need to make changes. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen people comment on blues positive and positive. I always see a lot more positive negative, but I have seen negative comments and, and you're always there to respond and, and to to accept it and to apologise and to make sure that it, that it changes. So, I mean, that's, for me, to see a, a sort of a, someone affiliated with, a, with that restaurant uh, to, to actually feedback like that and, and to, to take feedback in that way and to actually do something about it means so much to, to me as a customer. It's... It's amazing to see, really. It speaks speaks volumes for, for the brand and, and for you. Mm. Well, at the end of the day, our customers are key. Without, without our customers, then we are nothing. Um, and if our customers are unhappy, even one customer, I want to make sure that they can come back and, and, and turn around and say, it was a one-off um, and it was great. And, and also, it's very easy to take praise, but you also have to take criticism. And if you can't take criticism, you shouldn't be in the industry. Um, so I'd like to think I can take both with, with equal measures of, um, 
can't think of the word now, but equal measures, we'll put it, that, we'll leave it that way. <laughs> well, my, my, my only criticism, Jackie, when I came was of myself and disappointment and not being able to eat it all. No, I just sent you away with it in a doggy bag. What else do you want? Yeah, it, but I couldn't fault it. It was perfect. And Tom, my cameraman, concurred. He enjoyed it. I spoke to him at the weekend. I was like, do you manage to eat it all? He's like, yep, smashed it all. And he had to have a salad with it as well. Oh, well, I'm glad he was um, healthy. But yeah. he had the salad as well. Yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I mean, And we didn't treat you specially. We gave you from the past. Mm. You ate what everybody was, everyone else was eating. Yeah, um, for you giving me, giving me special treatment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course I did, <laughs> but not in the food. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed the sausages that you served up then. Thank you. They're my recipe as well. Yeah, they were really nice. I'm what, glad you like those. What goes into um, your sausage, or is it a secret? Um, it is a bit of a secret, um, and. That, I mean, that we, we, there were pork and beef sausage, about 20% beef, 80% pork. Um, and there are a whole bunch of herbs and spices in there. Um, I, too many to even mention, but um, again, it's one of those sausages. I used to make sausages for a living um, as part of my food production. I was churning out thousands of sausages a week. And again, my natural instinct was also always to, to create a new sausage that nobody's ever heard of and give it a quirky name. Um, came up with things like the Grafty Gourmet because mm. I lived in Grafty Green that I used to use um, trimmings from my bacon in it so I'd make bacon, use the trimmings in a sausage, I'd put everything from Angostura bitters to juniper berries in there and it was it was one of those, it was the Marmite of sausage, you either loved it mm. or you hated it <laughs> and unfortunately um, most people loved it which is great but, uh, but going back to our Texas Hot Link um yeah, there there are quite a few spices and herbs in there that you would probably think fairly unusual in a sausage, but they seem to work, and I'm quite pleased with them. Give us an example of one. <laughs> an example of one? Oh, God, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely chilly in them. Yeah. Um, there is, um, there's a bit of star anise in there. Mm. There is... Uh, I'm not going to say anymore because I can't remember. <laughs> so why the mix so of beef and pork them. then? Why, why that uh, mix? A traditional Texas hot link does tend to be beef and pork mixed. Um, and we've tried to, I've tried to, to go towards the American side of our recipes more. Um, so we're, we're more a traditional American smokehouse. So if you look up a, a Texas hot link anywhere, you will find they're normally a beef, beef and pork combination. But cool. having that beef in there just gives it a, a nice texture as well. Cool. So, so what 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 would be your personal favourite go-to wood for smoking? Um, hickory. Yeah, it's one of my favourites favorite. as well. Yeah, um, I, I like fruit woods as well. I'll use oak sometimes, um, and if I'm cooking, say the the Weber or the Pro Q. I do love Jack Daniels barrel wood chips. Mm. They are. Yeah, they smell so they good. They are lovely. <laughs> yeah, they do. They just they just make you want to stand there and sniff the smoke all, all afternoon. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. The guys from Pro-Q are saying they've they've got an actual uh, they've got a cask uh, cask wood coming out soon uh, to add to their their sort of wood collection of smoking woods. So I'm looking oh, right. forward to that. Yeah, they're releasing mm. that soon. So I'm looking forward to that one. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I'll try some of that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So if you were on a desert island and you had to choose one word, it would be it would be hickory to join you. Uh, if I was on a desert island, I'd probably choose the Jack Daniels purely so I could um, squeeze water out them and try and get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> oh God, she's a lush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your what's your favourite uh, cook that you'd do for your friends and family at home? What would be? I was dreading you asking me that. It's <laughs> it's one of those questions I really I can't answer because I love cooking. Um, and I love food, so to say, give me a go-to is really difficult for me. Um, as an ex-cattle farmer, I love beef. I'm I'm a real beef girl. Um, red meat is probably my my the king of meats for me. Um, so I'd have to say beef. Um, I would probably not go towards brisket. I would probably go towards a thirty great big wing rib. On the bone. <laughs> oh, 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 I just want to marry you now. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I just, I just think that you can cook it. I, th- I love a beef, a beef rib. I just, mm. I think you, I can't get enough of it in the minute. That tends to be like all I'm cooking, which is why I'm forcing myself this weekend. I'm doing like a big pork cook, a bit of a mixture and some chicken because I've just been doing beef rib after beef rib at the minute. I've just been. I just love it so much and I'm just uh, a bit wary of that so I'm, I'm forcing myself to do a big pork cook this weekend so uh, so yeah <laughs> so yeah, I'm just that sounds amazing oh good got away with that one then yeah get away with that <laughs> so, so I, I tell you what I do I do miss um, having my own beef in my own in my, in my freezer though um, back in back in the days when I was farming you would find everything labelled up with the animal's name on it so I'd have um, Henry Rib and um, Ellen Burgers and <laughs> things like that. So, yeah, strange person. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think that's, I think that's so amazing. I think the uh, that's one thing that I, I love, and I love sort of respecting where where my foods come from, and, and sort of uh, making sure that, that I've got good quality meat, and, and knowing knowing that's been looked after and stuff like that, which which is uh, something that I've spoke to you before about, and, and you were telling me that before, and I thought that was amazing. So. Yeah. At, the, at the end of the day, people used to say to me, how can you name your animals and then eat them? I said, well, because I know I've given them the respect that they're, they're due in, in life. They've had a great life living on my farm. Um, they're always well-fed, always well-watered. They were well-fedded down when they had to come in for the winter. They were on good grass all through the spring and summer. Um, so why on earth wouldn't I eat a product that was that fabulous? And people just don't get it. You know, they think that cows must be pets. And mm-hmm. and yes, I did have a, a great relationship with my girls um, to the extent that I would hear a sound that was out of place at two o'clock in the morning, think, oh, heck, literally get my dressing gown on, put my wellies on and go and deliver a calf. Um, because... <laughs> <laughs> because that's what you did. Got good ears. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> what, what's that in the middle of the night? Cow going into labour, right? Clean up the barbecue. Dressing gown and wellies on out there delivering. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I'm, 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 I'm writing a cookbook at the moment, as you probably may have um, heard on the grapevine. And but it's it's not just going to be a cookbook. Uh, there are going to be anecdotes of my life in farming, um, and lots of bits about my past in there as well. Um, it is going to be the Blues Cookbook. 
um, and um, probably looking well. I'm looking to do everything cook-wise on um, a bullet-type smoker, and I've got some pro cues to do that, courtesy of Ian. Um, so, you know, we're, I'm writing the recipes for a bullet-style smoker. So, awesome. Um, well, I'm, I'm a I'm a bullet smoker guy, so I can't wait to read the book and give them all a try. That's great news yeah. for me. <laughs> I can't wait to finish writing it. Mm, awesome. <laughs> when are we likely to see that coming out, Jackie? Don't know yet. I'm, um, if everything goes well, autumn for Christmas this year. And if um, things get delayed, then it might not be till the spring next year, but... Uh, but it's coming. And uh, what sort I'm of working. recipes do we expect to see in there? Is, is that you're you're going to go like American style barbecue recipes, or is it is it it's a, a bit of pieces? A bit of everything. Okay. It's gonna it's, it's going to be everything from American style recipes, um, toying with the idea of putting some competition cooks in there. Um, there'll be desserts. There'll be baking because I also have also have a passion for baking. Um, and, awesome. Um, then and and lots of um, grilling and barbecue and it's just going to be everything. So sounds amazing. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Hope so. Has it got a name yet? Um, not yet. No. <laughs> Always <laughs> asking about the name. He's, he's a he loves a bit I, of branding. I'm kind of erring on the um, a little bit of everything at the moment. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it seems to describe what's in the book. So. But. Well, it's usually we'll the bit I do that. first. I just come up with an yeah. awesome name, then it's actually uh, I've got to fill it up with something. <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> yeah so as I'm doing it in conjunction with a restaurant, uh, that might that bit yeah, might I be taken so. out of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> it'll have your name on it. <laughs> oh yeah, it'll have my name on it. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> so sauces. You mentioned sauces earlier on. That's something else you're doing doing alongside with the restaurant. So alongside rubs and alongside a recipe book, you're also uh, creating your own sauces. Yeah, absolutely. Um, these are the three main house sauces that we serve. Um, they took me quite some time to develop. There's um, a cherry bourbon barbecue sauce, which seems to be the, the one that gets um, purloined the most, let's put it that way. <laughs> we lose more of those than, than ever, so it's probably a good idea to start selling it, then people won't have to keep borrowing it. Mm. <laughs> I've got a few uh, bottles to bring back, so... <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get a um, refill, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I would not encourage that at all, sorry. <laughs> no comment. Uh, so yeah, that's quite a fruity, um fairly sweet, but it's got a nice little kick of um cinnamon and orange and and, a, and that nice linger of Jack Daniels or, or bourbon. Um can't say Jack Daniels. Um but um but yeah that's that's the cherry bourbon. There are other bourbons available. There are other bourbons available. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, doing a Carolina mustard style sauce, which is um, slightly sweet, vinegary, goes really well um, with fattier meats, to be honest, because it's got a nice acidity to it that cuts through the fattiness of the meat. So I particularly like it with pork pork. Yeah, so a Carolina sauce tends to be, like you said, a, a, it's like a cider, sorry, a vinegar-based sauce, is that? Yeah, vinegar and mustard, basically, yeah. Yeah, it tends to be a bit more runnier than your than your sort of thick, sticky barbecue sauces as well, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, slightly, cool. run, slightly runnier, but um, um, I tend to finish the, the cherry bourbon and the Carolina mustard sauce with butter, um, and that butter gives it that really nice mouthfeel. Wow, um, nice. So it just gives you that nice, where it coats the mouth and, and doesn't leave you with the sharp vinegary taint to it. Awesome. Um, 
And the third sauce is uh, the Kansas ketchup, which is my take on a really rich, thick tomato ketchup. Um, it's I love it, and it's it's great with everything. I love it on fries. Um, it's got that lovely little chili kick at the end. So they're the three sauces that are coming out. Um, probably going to do um, a, a hot sauce, a Louisiana hot style sauce um, in the future as well. Which um, was the one that you gave me when I was there, Jackie? It was a, I said I like spicy, so you like get try this oh, one. Louisiana hot. Yeah, that was good. Dan, yeah, Dan like would it. approve of that as well. <laughs> oh, good. I'm looking forward to pouring the Carolina mustard all over, all over. I was going to say myself, but <laughs> I, I my... don't want to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get some on the pork as well, but probably just all over me as well. Just <laughs> the sort of thing I do. <laughs> that sort of thing would go good in a coleslaw, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, it would do actually. Mm. Yep. But the sauces are all coming out. Um, I've made the first batch, so the first batch all handmade by me awesome. and bottled by me. Um, you sign the bottle? Oh, sign <laughs> the bottle. There's a novel thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could be arranged. Yeah. I have actually got my name on the bottles, um, so I'm pleased that uh, Blues have uh, respected my recipes enough to, to put my name on the bottles, which awesome. is very good. I want a signature, I'm afraid. I'm yeah. <laughs> is you sorry? I want mine signed, please. Oh, all right then. <laughs> Thank you. That's an extra, at least an extra penny, I think. That's oh, a bargain. <laughs> bargain, yeah. I was, I was wondering what you're going to put on that then. If that, I thought a grand or something, I mean, a penny, I'm happy, yeah. Easy. No, cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Sticks two signatures on, go on. So, yeah, they'll be, they'll be um, we're just waiting for the labels to come through and then they'll be going out, um, uh, uh, available for purchase online and at the restaurant at bluesmokers.com. Awesome. Awesome. We'll be on there straight away. Cool. Um, so what, how, what goes into designing a restaurant menu? Uh, basically, you've got to work with the owners. You've got to work with the people who um, are funding, um, find out what they're after, um, I was given a very free hand with um, with blues, which was great. Um, and I went through, from, from my experience of eating in barbecue restaurants in the States, and really just went through and did not full American versions of everything, but anglicised versions of everything. Uh, things that would suit the English or the British or the UK, or whatever you want to call us, palate more. Um, and, um, and and go forward that way, and then just work with them to make tweaks and add new things as and when we can. Awesome. So, you give, how often would the menu change? Are you trying to keep it the same for quite a long time, or are you constantly adding and taking away new things? Uh, we've just changed the menu. We've got a new menu on at the moment, um, which is going down really well. Uh, it a majority of things are the same. We've, we've put a few add-ons on there. Some some healthier options, salads, <clears throat> and some fish dishes. Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm taking. Um, uh, did you say healthy? <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's terrible. But they work well with biscuit. Um, <laughs> Great as a side. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, what fish and, are you going to go really for good. then? Sorry? What fish are you going to go for on the menu? Uh, we have um, salmon and... Uh, red snapper on at the moment. Nice. And they both smoked? Uh, no, they're actually 
they're just pan fried. Okay. Um, they're not really being barbecued. I, I personally would smoke everything on our menu, yeah. but <laughs> I get told to raid it in sometimes. So um, it's called <laughs> so blue I'm, smokehouse, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. sometimes you've got <laughs> you've got a weak individual that's coming out for dinner with you who doesn't really know anything about food and. <laughs> And yeah, so sometimes you need to just allow for them a little bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like vegetarian options, you know, we have to allow for vegetarians. Mm. But we do we do put some um, smoked onions on the vegetarian burgers and, and the dogs and things. Yeah. Just to at least get some smoke. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, 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 menu, the main change on the menu is um, letting people create their own barbecue um, platters. So it means that people can just choose what they want for the barbecue side and, and just make up a platter of help many things they want so they can start at two and nice. go right up. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, okay. it's, not good it's going to be us, expensive. <laughs> this is going to be expensive. <laughs> Pick and mix barbecue. Absolutely. <laughs> Seems to work. People like it. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. And we're not even forcing fries and everything now. So mm. Things come with um, two sides so you can choose a side instead of your fries now. So you look quite mm. healthy. <laughs> or a mac and cheese. <laughs> Oh, mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah, I'll have two mac and cheeses, thanks. <laughs> you could have had a slaw. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. The slaw right. is good as well. I enjoyed your slaw at Wahad there. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> no mayonnaise in sight. No, <laughs> it doesn't need it. I don't put mayonnaise in my slaw either. What would someone yeah. put instead of mayonnaise then, Jackie? Let us know. Her Carolina mustard. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's basically um, oil, um, cider vinegar, celery seed. Um, yellow mustard and some sugar. Simple. Awesome. Simple. Sounds great. And salt and pepper seasoning and stuff mm. like that. And I may have missed something out on purpose, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, a top secret. Secrets, can I? <laughs> no, exactly. I've started adding radishes to my slaw recently. I really like it. Oh, yes. Overpowering, though, isn't it? You can also often, like afterwards, all you can taste is onion in your mouth after exactly. you've eaten. Exactly, exactly. And, and uh, so I, I avoid them, but hey, I'm just like that. <laughs> so, uh, for, for, I know people can go onto the website and find out, but where where are the Blue Smoke Houses? Uh, we have our, uh, one in Bracknell, one in Twickenham, and we're going to be opening one in Slough soon, and there are. At least another two in the pipeline, but I can't tell you where yet. Oh, wow, awesome! So. I've, I've heard, I've heard, the, I've heard rumours about the slab one. How far away is that one from opening? Uh, probably going to be around May time for Slough because there's a heck of a lot of work um, inside. It used to be a nightclub, um, so we're literally having to gut the whole building and mm. start some sticky inside. floors. But the work has started, so. It's, uh, it will be it will be there, and uh, there'll be lots of announcements coming out on Twitter and Facebook as to when it opens. Well, that leads me perfectly onto where can where can everyone find you if you could reel off all of your uh, social medias and websites and everything for us if that's all right. Uh, oh gosh, um, right. We've got at Blue Smokehouse on Twitter. We've also got at Blues Twickenham. I think there's an at Blues Bracknell and an at Blues Slough. Uh, we are also on Facebook as Blue Smokehouse, um, and again Blues Twickenham, um, and there will be a Blue Slough one if there isn't one already. 
Uh, website is www.bluesmokehouse.com. Um, I'm at Mad Cows BBQ on Facebook. On no, I'm on Twitter and Mad Cows Barbecue on Facebook. Awesome. So check her out. Get, get the following done. Get some tweets out there. Yeah, guys, get follow, 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 tweet, 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 and all the rest of it. You know where to go now for all of your barbecue needs. Absolutely. Get on the Blue Smokehouse Instagram and see the yeah, chicken wing yeah, movie well. that I yeah. featured as a hand model in. <laughs> oh yes, the wing shot. Yep. <laughs> not quite as uh, not quite as bad as the one with me with horns. I think I'm just stand uh, on a bank oh, yeah, um, yeah. on one leg balancing. Trying to get the um, horn centralised. So. I think it's an awesome shot. I love it. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I can thank our uh, marketing guy, Simon, for that one. Yeah, thanks, Simon. <laughs> Cheers, Simon. <laughs> right, so thank you very much for coming on the show today, Jackie. You've been an absolute brilliant guest. Thank you very much for answering all of much. our questions. Hopefully, I didn't yabber on too much, but um, it was good fun. Great. I know. Thank you very much. Perfect. Okay. Thanks for tuning in to United Q Barbecue Podcast, the only barbecue podcast in the UK, brought to you by your host Dan from United Q and his co-host Barbecue Forte. Goodbye. This episode was brought to you by our kind sponsors, ProQ Smokers. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice from beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Thanks, guys. Over and out.